0: Welcome to the 12 Sided Guys as we begin chapter three in our Crystal Codex campaign. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Joff. That's still me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul. As the revenant formerly known as the priest of Iramiel, hell bent on destroying the entire party. Oh, I'm I mean, oops. Uh no, she's she's dead. For good. Yeah, definitely dead. Not coming back. Nope. <laughs> Never coming back. Anyway. Oh man. Well, we're so excited to jump back in after our video game break last week. Anyway, check out the happenings and goings on over at patreon.com/slash 12-sided guys. That's one two sided guys. We have some new Patreon-exclusive content, including talking about a recent level-up, and we took some time to gab with everyone's favorite robot, Ebi. But if Patreon isn't your thing, maybe just leave us a review on iTunes or whichever podcasting app you're using. It really helps us out and helps more people find us. Anyway, if you ever purified Bloodpool by forcing a bunch of villagers to build their homes on top of a red demon layer, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 22. The rain finally stopped midway through day five of the trip to the city of Arkelvie. By then Nari and the boys were crossing the bridge over the river and into the city of Crossroads. After a night in a warm bed and the purchase of two tents the next morning, they continued their long walk east. Across the soggy Tessel Plains they trekked, following the road as it climbed up into the foothills towards the city Terrans Hill, then north toward Montman Ravine with its sheer cliffs on either side. Up the zigzagging path they climbed, the going slower than before. Finally, after a night camping a hundred yards from the road under a hefty fir tree, Nari, Pine, Ebby, and Roos, now calling himself Joff, approached Arkilvy. The largest city in the province, Arkilvy rests in the valley at the northeastern edge of the Glass Mountain Range. The city is full of Tudor-style houses packed cheek by jowl, often with only small alleyways separating city blocks. Built on Deep Lake, Most of the city's trade used to come in from airships landing in the lake and tendering to shore. Mason's Keep, the old home of the Bayards, the royal family of Everlyn, dominates a rise on the west side of the city, while a new towering structure, the Imperial Skyport, dominates the center. Whatever a person could want, whether goods, food, entertainment, or vice, it can be found somewhere on the streets of Arkelvy. It's been 12 days since the battle with the Bishop and the Acolyte, Twelve days since our heroes handed Chancellor Ramsay to his fate with Kira and Fallen Heaven. And twelve days since Pine heard a name mentioned by Kira that he had not heard in many, many years. It's an overcast afternoon on the 27th day of Ormanbar, year 837 by traditional reckoning, or year 50 according to the Amarian calendar. Nari and the boys stand just outside the southern gate of Arkhali, called the Welcome Gate. For Nari, this place was once home. But for everyone else, this place is new, exciting, full of potential, and potentially dangerous. So, Nari and the boys, what do you guys want to do?
1: It's good to be back home. Although it looks a little different. Still still overrun by the Empire, I guess.
2: How long did you live here?
1: Um, I lived here about seven years, so You know, I, I grew up seeing the city as it was before the empire took over. And I was here when the empire took over and stayed for a bit after as well.
3: Do You still have a home here?
1: No, no. My home was destroyed, uh, long ago. Um, when the empire was taking over the city and I used to have a room at the lazy leg in, uh, but I'm sure they didn't you know keep that ready for me. Are you a wanted
4: person here? Should we try to disguise your your appearance?
1: Oh no i have I have no enemies in the city as far as I know um mm-hmm. at least I mean I'm sure I, i'm sure I do I suppose with how how much trouble we've been in, but no one I know knows who I am well the the lazy leg that. Is that a, a decent place to stay? Is that
4: where we should maybe find um, find a room?
1: Oh yes, it, yes, and I mean, maybe some of my friends will still be working there. I I think that most of the Rose Syndicate was pretty much destroyed, but we still might have some friendly faces. The inn wasn't necessarily owned by us, so yeah, we might be able to run into some people I know. Capital.
0: Um, as we approach the gate, Pine is going to dismount Crumbles and kind of say,
4: You've been a good boy, Crumbles. I'm gonna, we're going to go into the city now, and I'm afraid you'll stand out there. So go and enjoy the uh, the wilderness around the city. And I'll keep in touch. and call you when I need you.
0: Crumbles kind of bows his head to you um, and then kind of uh, brushes his cheek up against your cheek. Before turning around and without looking back, trots off uh, down the road, and off um, a little ways there's a little like a copse of trees. you see him kind of disappear into the trees. You can almost swear you see him kind of turn a little bit to mist or fog as he enters the trees.
4: that crumbles he's a really good boy, but he's such a flirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well so here you are you're standing in front of the welcome gate to Arcle v. It's a very large uh gate. it's probably about twenty feet tall, probably at twenty feet wide. There's towers on either side where you're standing, there's a couple of buildings kind of outside of the city. It looks like there's like an old inn there there's like a tanner um and then some just some houses uh, some people have little uh little like a... I, I, farm is too good of a word for it you know, a couple of like little fields behind their house um but you can you can hear through the open gate, the the hubbub going on in the city of Arklevy.
3: Well, should we find a, an inn or we could go to this lazy leg, um, get some rooms established? I've got some errands I'd like to run, but um, we should probably get settled in first.
4: Yes, agreed. This lazy leg sounds like it's right up my alley. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, Nari,
0: you would know that the Lazy Leg Inn is literally, I mean, it's like a block from the other side of the Welcome Gate. Um, it's a very popular, although small, it's a popular inn with um with travelers because of its proximity to the gate. Um, it's not not um uh, necessarily a nice place. You know, Nari, that there are certain things that go on there um of a um uh clandestine is too nice of a way to put it of a um of a a frisky nature Intellect? i guess that's the word i can think of to put it um and not
1: in a high class
0: intimate <laughs> not not the high class one no 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 there are inns all over the town um and Nara, you would know where a lot of them are just because of your um your history with the rose syndicate but yeah the lazy leg inn is i mean you right now you could probably be at the lazy leg inn in five minutes
1: it's over this way guys do they have baths there?
4: I wouldn't mind having a little bit of a spa day.
3: Yeah, I've been thinking of doing a little shaving too.
4: Hmm. Oh, I must look a mess.
0: Pine, Pine normally keeps his beard and hair really nicely trimmed, but at this point, he's probably in need of, of, of a haircut and some shaving as well.
3: Yeah, we might we might go and look for a barber. Okay.
0: That'd be cool. Oh, okay, give me a second. Sorry, I guess I, I did something. Give me a second while I think of a cool name for a local barber. (laughs) Don't worry about it. That's easy. I I already got it. The the name for the barber is Shears McGee. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Shears McGee. Gosh. All right. Uh, Yeah, you guys enter into the city. The guards of the city don't even spare you a second glance. You are not the only people moving in and out of the city. Um, once you are through the gates, the dirt packed road is replaced by cobblestones. And not only can you hear the city now, but you can also smell the city. Um, Nari, you, uh, you know, right where the lazy leg Inn is, in fact, from right where you're standing, you can see it just down the road on the left. It is literally a block and a half down. And, um, yeah, you can head on over that way if that's where you want
2: to go.
1: Yeah, Nari for sure wants to go in there and see if she recognizes anybody working, even okay. just as like an acquaintance. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. Yeah, so you uh, you guys go to the Lazy Leg Inn. Um, it does not look very big. It's, I mean, it's, I don't know, like 60 feet across, but it doesn't look very, like it's two stories is all. But um, you walk into the front door, and um, when you open the door, you're standing at the bottom of a small staircase. You can see that, like the main like common area is up a few a few steps and it's above you um and when you walk in we're in the afternoon you can hear um noise there's people in here it sounds like um you know a a good sized crowd um but as you walk in um you guys can step up the stairway and you are in the common area um you see that there's like seven or eight tables, round tables around. You see people playing cards. You see that on either on the north side of the building and on the south side of the building, there are these big fireplace hearths. They have fires going in them. You see that straight back to the to the west, there is a bar and there is a man standing behind the bar that Nari, you instantly recognize as the barman that you used to work with here when you were when you were bouncing. Uh, his name is Jory and he is the um, the owner of the lazy
1: Awesome. So I'm gonna, you know, walk right up to the counter and, you know, hi Dory. How, how's it been going since I've been gone?
0: So he kind of takes a step back and he looks at you and he says, you've got a lot of nerve showing up here. And he reaches underneath the, the counter and he pulls out a little leather sack and he tosses it to you and he says, that's your last paycheck don't be looking for another job here
1: I uh, wasn't necessarily looking for a job was looking to bring you patronage I'm what's going on Jory did did something happen here after I left
0: well you left and you never told me and now I've been without a front door person
1: Oh and so not hiring me back is gonna fix that.
0: I don't <laughs> think I, I can't trust you. She has you just walk out, don't, don't give me any notice or anything.
1: Okay, okay, cool. Well, I'm happy that that's all this is. I I could have been a lot more serious with my life. But uh, yeah, no, Um. I'm I'm sorry about that, bud.
5: <laughs> mm, but I no. have
1: some friends here and we would love to stay at your fine establishment if you would allow me to patron, you know, patron you. Yeah.
0: How many rooms are you needing?
1: Uh, I mean, probably just two. I think would be fine. We would what? what,
0: what? <laughs> Who's uh, sharing? No. Uh,
3: <laughs> Joff looks at Pine and then back at Nari. Uh, no,
2: I, I would like my own room. Ebby is staring longingly at Joff the entire time, though.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> he says, uh, it's five silver a room for the night
4: ebi, Abby, if you'd like, you can stay in my room with me, but, um, Five Silver, do you have three rooms available? Uh, yeah, we can make that work. Thank you. But was it Jory or was it Bud? I heard
0: both. (laughs) It's Jory. Okay. And, uh, Nari, he did toss you a sack with, uh, with, uh, six gold pieces in it.
1: Okay, cool. I'll, I'll toss that back and say, and we'll want, you know, food and drink for the next couple of days if it's fine.
0: I'm sure we can make that work. Awesome. All right, here, let me get you your keys. And then he reaches behind the bar and he hands you some keys. And each key has like a, a wooden tog on it, like a little wooden like disc. And uh, they have different numbers on them. So uh, you see that in this room um, on the south wall, there's a staircase kind of going up. There, there's a couple doors behind the bar. And then there's uh, on the south wall, there's a staircase that kind of goes up and around to the second floor.
1: Cool. I'll. I mean, I'll say thanks, man. We'll, you know, be down for dinner, and I'll, I'll head upstairs and go to
4: my room. Okay. Yeah, same. Perfect. I'm gonna drop yeah. off some stuff.
3: Seriously. Yeah. Remind got-
0: me what time of day it is. It's afternoon. Okay. So, like, probably three or four o'clock in the afternoon.
3: Okay. Yeah. Bruce will go up to his room too. Me and Joff will go up to his room. <laughs> Pardon me. He's still having a hard time remembering <laughs> what he's going by. Oh, good. I'm not the only one. Uh, Joff will go to his room.
2: Joff, which room is yours again? Which one are you going to be staying in?
3: Joff looks at his key and looks at the number and he says, I'm not sure.
0: You stay down here. I'll come get you.
4: Oh, okay. I'll see you in a little bit.
0: <laughs> you guys have three rooms right next to each other. And um, Nari, you would know that these are the um, these are the actual patron rooms. These are not the... Um, uh, by the hour rooms, if you catch my meaning.
1: Oh look, they're setting us up in the fancy rooms. <laughs> like,
0: no,
2: Paul, I don't get it. Can you explain it more? Um, <laughs> for when you need some time to build a puzzle or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. to take
5: just a one nice long nap.
0: <laughs> I just got five more pieces. Just one more hour. Okay. Um, yeah, one yeah. One you're you're making the puzzles fit. You're, okay. you're making the pieces fit. Oh gosh. okay okay anyway um okay so yeah um no the rooms are just kind of a normal uh room that you guys have stayed in before it's basically you you walk in there's a bed there's like a chamber pot um there's a little chest you can put stuff on you can even put stuff in um pretty spartan um and you each have a window um and in fact each of your windows overlook the street out in front
1: Um, I think Nari would like to, you know, just get a little bit of water and try to kind of clean up and wash the dust and road off of her a little bit.
2: Okay, that's not too difficult. Is there like a mirror or anything like that in any of the rooms? Um...
3: Joff hasn't come downstairs to get you yet. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I believe Pine actually offered, so I might trudge right, right. up with Pine.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like a small
2: mirror, like probably like, you know, five inches by four inches. Okay. Um, I think I'll follow Pine up to his room, and Ebby's just going to kind of look in the mirror and just kind of adjust the wrappings to make sure that he's pretty well covered. Perfect.
4: Ebby, those wrappings are, are covered in dust from the road. We're going to need to find you some new ones oh, uh, so we can launder them. and. Uh get you looking more presentable i suppose you're probably right i will trust your
2: judgment on when that may be the case
4: oh as soon as possible we all smell really bad you smell like crumbles (laughs) (laughs) i mean we all do yeah
2: (laughs) that's fair enough i do think i start um, i might be smelling a little bit like oil or something at this point who knows So Pine will just want to like drop off not his not his sword or or
0: anything else like that, but just like the extra stuff, the bedroll, the uh, mess kit and the rope, those kinds of explorers pack stuff. Right. So still wearing like kind of your blue jacket with the furry collar. Mm -hmm. You got your saber on, you got your cane. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
3: Bruce is basically doing the same thing, unpacking his gear, but he's also... um, He's taking off his gloves and some of his other equipment, and he's stuffing them into the bag that he keeps his
0: crystals in, okay and then nari, what are you doing you're you're just kind of getting cleaned up,
1: yeah, I mean, I think you know Nari's gonna pretty much keep on for the most part what she's wearing um you know she'll probably leave her act like her big axe in the bedroom, but she'll you know take her both of her hand axes and her short sword. <laughs> Um, and just kind of look a little bit more like someone who's been in the city as opposed to someone who's been on the road for a couple months.
0: Perfect. Okay. So we didn't say when we were going to meet. So I um, I, I think Pine will come out and just kind of uh, lightly knock on um, uh, probably Nari's door first.
1: Come on in.
4: So uh, Pine will enter and, and he'll say, oh, "Well, I think now that we have." Lodging taken care of. Should we just rest until dinner? I mean, I'll tell you what I really, would really like to do is find a woodworker and find a bathhouse, a place to launder my clothing.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that would be a good call for all of us, I'm sure. Um, I would assume I can maybe recommend some sort of, like, bathhouse that, that I know of that's nearby.
0: Yeah, there's a bathhouse nearby, and as far as laundering, you would know, having worked here, that um, you can arrange that with Jory downstairs. You basically, you can leave your clothes out for the night.
1: Oh, they are that fancy. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, you, well, it's it's not that they do it; it's not part of the charge. You have to pay extra for it, but um, it's not it's not expensive. Uh, you just leave it out, and then they'll they have a um, uh, some people who come along and pick it up, and then in the morning it should be nice and clean, or at least as clean as it's going to be getting beat against rocks. <laughs> Nice. Sweet.
1: Okay, so I'll kind of convey that, and then I'll I'll tell uh, Pine. Um, I also, you know, I also would like to take some time to walk around the city. So yeah, maybe we can kind of reconvene and decide what our next move is tonight over over a glass of ale and a good dinner.
4: Yes. So, uh, would you like to do those things now, or just rest, and then we'll do those in the morning? Ruth, get in here. We need your opinion, Abby. Where are you? I'm just yelling. I'm not even like. <laughs> put my, I don't even put my head out into the
0: hallway. I'm just like yelling in Nari's room.
1: I I mean I have some a couple things and a couple you know people I I would like to just check on tonight. Um, so I'll I'll be going out this afternoon. But if you guys want to rest, absolutely.
3: Joff walks into the room and says, "Mr. Pine, how many times do I have to tell you I have changed my name? You calling me my old name?" does not help the situation
4: oops <laughs> my bad <laughs>
2: right after that Abby walks up and he's like hey Roos, how's it going <laughs> <laughs> joff just scratches his head and
3: says i i don't know how i can handle this i i have a quick errand i need to run um shouldn't take me more than an hour and i'll be back
4: well then i guess we all have thing, places to go ebby would you like to accompany me or did you have some place you'd like to visit in the city and um, we can meet back for dinner Um, no, I think I might accompany
2: you. I'd rather be with someone I know rather than be by myself. I get a little nervous in a place like this. Hmm. Well, you look,
4: you you look the part. You look fine.
2: Well, thanks. I mean, (laughs) you look pretty good, too.
4: (laughs) I mean, you don't have to worry about anybody thinking that you are a, a metal man. You just, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Of, and he blushes a little of bit. Course.
1: His cheeks turn a little, like white and blue.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what you meant. But well, thank you, so so kind of
0: you. <laughs> awesome. So you guys are all going to split up. It sounds like. Yeah, let's split the party. Right, very beginning of chapter three. Let's split the party first thing. <laughs> let's Let's shoot for no chapter four. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. Okay. We almost said no chapter three. Uh, that's true yes we all yes that's true okay um so uh let's go with uh Roos. i or sorry joff i know what joff is going to do so joff what are you going to do
3: joff is going to head to the local chapter house uh or pardon me the local field office for howling talon um he has some things he wants to take care of there
0: okay and we'll say you you've traveled around a lot you are pretty aware of uh, roughly where the Howling Talon uh, field office would be, um, you know that generally speaking, they're pretty close to like the city stockade, um, you know, like kind of the constabulary or, you know, the the city guard type of a situation, um, you know, as far as uh, as location in the city. And you've actually been here to Arklevy before. And so um, believe it or not, I'm looking at the map and uh, this just so happens that, the Howling Talon field office is kind of right up the main street from where you're at. You could probably be there in about five minutes from here.
3: Yeah. Jeff will start walking that way.
0: Okay. Um, As you're walking through city, uh, you, you see that these houses here, I mean, they're all kind of a Tudor style. So they're like a stone or brick on the bottom. And then they have like the wood um, uh, second story, third story, and they kind of overhang. There's oftentimes places where like one building even if it's not like a common wall, like a lot of these buildings have like two separate buildings will almost be touching because of these overhangs. Uh, It makes it kind of a little bit claustrophobic, especially after being out in the woods and out in the wilderness for so long, this kind of feels like very, um, you know, uh, almost uh, like a trapping, like you're like, you're almost uh, uh, trapped in here, but maybe not for Joff because Joff's kind of a city boy.
3: Joff feels more well hidden in the city than he would outside in the fields because he can you know blend in with the crowd and kind of navigate that way um, he 's he's mm-hmm. feeling a lot more comfortable within the city walls than he was outside
0: okay yeah I mean, as you' as you're walking down the street towards the howling Talon field office, you actually um, as you approach, you can kind of see it from afar off because there's a, a sign kind of one of those signs that comes off the side of the building and hangs down, and you can see that symbol of the talon, the eagle's claw etched onto the sign hanging out over the doorway. Um, so you are fairly certain you found the building. It is a, a relatively narrow building, as in like it's not very wide on the street, but it is tall. It's a three-story building. Um, and there are windows facing the street. Um, and you hear, I mean, you hear just the general um, hubbub of people talking, walking around you. I mean, it is uh, it is a, a uh, overcast day, but it's not raining. And so people are out and about um, doing things around the city. Okay. Joff will walk into the building. Okay. So you're going to walk into the building. Yep. Okay. As you walk into the building, you see that the building from the outside looks like pretty much any of the others. Um, and as you open the door, you hear a little uh, ring as a bell attached to the door up above kind of rings to announce you, you entering. You walk in and, and the whole front area is basically like a sitting room. And there is a desk and there is a wall behind the desk, but there is a, um, you know, those where the desk can kind of lift up and you can walk through it and then close the desk behind you or close the, the mm-hmm. counter behind you. It's got one of those. Um, and there is a woman standing behind the desk, um, and it looks like she's kind of, uh, uh, writing on some papers and she doesn't even look up. She says, I'll be with you in a second. And she just keeps, uh, writing down something. There are some chairs for you to sit in um, and uh, uh, why don't you make a perception check?
3: Okay, Uh, Got an 18 on perception.
0: Okay, Um, This is pretty typical standard um, field office for the Howling Talon. Uh, These chairs that they have uh, sitting along the front of the of the building uh, for people waiting to uh, to, you know, either get in and talk to somebody or to be uh, helped by this by this woman at the front. Um, They have like a ring for, you know, basically you can manacle someone to these chairs. Um, And uh, other than that, it looks it looks pretty, um, pretty nice in here. Like it's, it's very well kept like a lot of nice dark wood, um, very well finished, um, you know, uh, artwork on the walls. Howling Talon is not a poor organization. They are quite wealthy. And it shows here, not so much on the exterior of the building, but it definitely shows on the interior. In fact, even the seats that have those rings that you would manacle someone to, they're padded, which is not always the case with chairs in, in fantasy land.
3: Cool. So Joff will kind of ignore the woman at the counter and be a terrible customer. And he will walk right up to her and mm-hmm. place the place his his satchel with all of his gear onto the counter. And say,
0: it won't take that long. She looks up at you and kind of gives a huff. She's like, what do you
3: need? I I need you to to send a message to Tegish for me. And I also need to turn in the gear that I have checked out.
0: She says, Tigish. Uh Is he, uh, he's howling Talon? She starts uh, thumbing through like a ledger. It's like, oh, yes. Tigish, yeah. So uh, a message for Tigish, and who should I say is giving this message? Roos. Okay, she starts writing. Roos uh, is that two s's? <laughs> Spell it however you like. Okay, R O O S E. Perfect. Like moose. <laughs> and what should this message say for Tigish?
3: So tell Tigish, I found the mark but i have to abandon the mission.
0: Okay, you can see her writing and as you say that her writing gets a little slower. And make another perception check. Mhm.
3: Bruce got a 14 uh, Joff got a 14 on the perception.
0: Okay. Um she picks up writing again and she finishes that sentence. And then she looks up at you and she says, "Anything else you need me to include in this message?
3: That he should reach out to me soon." I would like to chat with him.
0: Reach out to Roos soon. Should I let him know where you'll be? No.
3: Okay. Here's my things. You'll see my gloves, all my crystals that I have checked out, my throwing daggers. It's all there.
0: Okay. Um, She reaches out and puts a hand on your hand as you're kind of pushing the bag towards her and she says she like she, her voice gets really low she says you realize this is not the way it works
3: if i had a better choice a better option i would take it believe me
0: she looks around the room well good luck but i feel i should warn you that i will be debriefed very thoroughly
3: Oh, I, I'm sure you will. Could I pay you to wait two weeks to send this information?
0: Make a persuasion check.
3: I am not very good at this. Ruth got a nine.
0: <laughs> Joff she got ta- a nine. <laughs> she takes this. She takes the satchel off the counter and she says, "You know that's not how this works." But I appreciate returning the equipment. Now, really quickly, would I open this? Nothing's going to explode or hurt me,
3: is it? No, no. And Joff takes the socha back, opens it up,
0: and shows her what's inside. Okay. She she uh thanks you. And make a quick insight check.
3: Got a twenty one on insight.
0: Okay. Um you see a little bead of sweat um like under like at her um hairline just kind of roll down the side of her face and it's not like extra warm in here uh she is very nervous to be having this conversation right now
3: i'm sorry to put you in this position i i try and be honest in everything that i do it's something that, that i learned from teagish and i hope that my honesty will earn me some sort of allowance.
0: For your sake, I hope so as well. I would recommend that you leave now. <laughs> I'm planning on it. Good luck with your life, Ruse.
3: You too. I hope not to see you again.
0: Likewise. She takes the sack and she, um, she turns her back to you and she walks into the room um, behind her. And closes the door, leaving you alone in the front room.
3: Joff will turn around and take his leave of the room.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Nari, where are you off to? All
1: right. So Nari is going to head um, towards the docks on the eastern side, um, over kind of by Deep Lake.
0: Okay. Perfect. Yeah. where From where you're at, at the Lazy Leg Inn, basically you and, and Joff kind of walked together because you're going to walk right past where he had it to go. And then there's a there's a gate. So the way that the city works is that there's like a um, a wall that goes all the way around the city. And then the, the eastern side of the city butts up right against Deep Lake. And there's a wall that separates the docks um, that are on Deep Lake from the rest of the city. But there's a gate and it's called the South Pier Gate. And you can really easily go out to the docks. The docks aren't nearly, uh, Nari, you would remember this from, you know, like seven years ago when you were here, uh, at, at first, um, the docks are not nearly as busy as they used to be because that used to be kind of the center of trade, um, here in the city. But, um, but there is still commerce that goes on a lot less like, um, like big goods and services, that kind of thing. But a lot of fish, you know, um, fish coming in or like things coming from the other side of the lake, like, uh you know, furs and other kinds of goods that might be found more in the uh, um, in the smaller settlements and things on the other side of the lake. But yeah, you, you go through the uh, South Pier gate and you are now um, kind of in the dock area.
1: Cool, so I wanna kind of just make my way northward, um, mm-hmm. but if I see anybody who's like, you know, clearly a local kind of around, either who has like some sort of stand selling something, Mm-hmm. Um, like I would just like to chat with a couple people and kind of get a feel of the city as I'm going
0: along. Yeah, perfect. So when you go onto the docks, actually, um, if you look to your right, there's like a, a market. It's like the South Pier Market. And it's just stands. It's just like uh, tables and, and canopies and things set up. They're they're of a more permanent nature. Like they don't take them down every night, but they're not necessarily permanent buildings, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few different um, like fishmongers and And people selling all kinds of things, you know, people um, hawking their wares.
1: Cool. I would like to just kind of go up to someone who's maybe selling something kind of generic and and useful, like bread or snacks. Um,
0: You hear a guy saying, Trout, we got trout, we got your rainbow, we got your brown, we got your silver, we got your other names of trouts that I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How much for a a pound of uh, that rainbow trout?
0: Oh, that's uh, like five copper.
1: Okay, yeah. Um,
0: Caught fresh this morning.
1: Really? that's That sounds fantastic. Uh, you sail out on the deep lake here?
0: Oh, well, I don't. My my nephew does, and then he comes in and I sell it. He's out there right now trying to restock our wares.
1: Oh, good. Seems like you got the uh, good end of the stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I, I, I get seasick. I can't, I can't be out there on that boat for too long.
1: Uh, me too um tell me good friend i'm i am I little bit i i've been in the city before, but i'm just returning here any any news the last year or so
0: well the last year um well um oh well i mean i don't know i don't know if you've heard but um uh, there there's metal men around town now uh they call them deacons they're like um uh, what do they call them uh constructs or or robots or something like that um but yeah they um, they're here with the Empire, and you know they help protect things and um yeah I heard a uh, I heard if you go up up to the north part of the city there's some people they they have them up there uh uh they got these robots that are like uh butlers and maids and things cleaning houses and things now but that's uh, that just boggles my mind. why would you waste the power of a of a robot just to you know dust your bookshelves? <laughs> I are, guess I just don't these... understand uh rich folk are
1: these robots are they like humans well they're like
0: you know uh, so okay so maybe you don't know uh there's these things that they call deacons right and they're like these like copper and brass robots uh, or sorry i i I lost the accent robots and uh they help (laughs) protect like different imperial places like uh, if you go over to the keep mason's keep has some of these deacons out there out front um you know sometimes like they'll be walking the walls of the city um i think the uh the skyport like i think it's protected by a bunch of deacons uh but but now people are bringing in these other deacons i mean they look they look pretty similar i think they're just not quite as bulky and they're doing things like carrying packages for these rich folk and uh you know up cleaning out gutters and things like that
1: interesting have you spoken to one before to- or seen one up close To a robot? Yeah, a robot.
0: Uh, Do they they talk?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do they seem, well, do they seem, I mean, more
0: human or
1: more machine?
0: Well, I mean, they do whatever they're told. I mean, I've never seen one uh, not do what it was told. I just assumed it was kind of a a servant type thing. I don't, uh, they talk. That's interesting. I didn't know that.
1: I mean, I th- I I don't either. I assume that they have to take command somehow, though. I I guess I assume that they use verbiage to do that.
0: Oh, well. I mean, they're all around town now. I mean, you can see them. Um, yeah. I mean, they don't come out this way very often. I mean, you might see some of the garden, the gates, and stuff, but um, but yeah. I mean, and them rich folk—they don't come down here to the wharf. They they have people come and do that for them. You know.
1: Well, of course.
0: So if they want fresh fish, they don't come do it themselves, but.
1: Okay. Anything else going around on in town that I should know about? These robots sound pretty, uh, pretty spooky.
0: Oh, no. I mean, just that purge that happened, you know, a month or so ago.
1: The purge?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh, you, you didn't hear it. Yeah, no, the, the Empire, the, the forces here in the Empire, I guess it was more like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. Uh, they, uh, they came in and they, they, they came in, and they hung a bunch of people who were, uh, working for, uh, for you know, he uh, kind of gets really quiet. Uh, fallen heaven. Oh, yeah, their bodies were hanging out in front of Mason's Keep for, gosh, a week or two. Actually, pretty morbid. I, I kept, I kept my distance. I didn't want to go see all that.
1: Yeah, best, best not to get involved.
0: Yeah, just keep your nose clean, and then I figure the empire's not going to bother you if you don't bother them.
1: I I agree. Well,
0: and then somebody else is walking by and he goes, "Fresh fish, fresh fish." And then they just keep walking. And he turns back to you like, "I guess we can keep talking cuz they weren't interested in the fish."
1: <laughs> no, I I appreciate your time. You you have a good one, sir. Thanks for the uh trout.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You enjoy that. You you, you better cook it tonight. It's not going to last uh more than a I mean, by tomorrow it's going to be pretty ripe.
1: I I can imagine. <laughs>
0: okay. So you've got this nice hefty trout that you're carrying along with your finger through the gill.
1: Nice. Or I guess Um, maybe he
0: put it, he probably put it on a string for you, I guess.
1: Nice. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's slung over my shoulder. It's all good. Um, (laughs)
0: Just slapping with every step you take.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to head north a little bit um, and I'm going to go to kind of this old burnt out, old kind of market area up here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for everyone listening, just a quick heads up about um, kind of the history. We've talked about it a little bit, but just a reminder, uh, when the city of Arkelvee was uh, bombed by the airships of the Empire, uh, the majority of the bombing took place uh, along the docks. It was kind of to try to wipe out um, the commerce of the area of the city. Um, And the bombing lasted uh, less than a day before the city surrendered to the Empire, and when the city surrendered, the entire country of Everland surrendered um, to the empire. And so some of those buildings along the, the docks here in Arkilvy, along the lake, uh, are still there. They're just burned out. They're husks. You know, oftentimes they're, uh, part of them are fallen over, you know, roofs have collapsed. Um, some, In some cases, the building is just the foundation and then the other bu- floors have fallen in. But it's a... Uh, it's a testament to the power and ferocity of the Imperial Air Force. And Nara, you're heading towards these buildings, correct?
1: Yeah, I'm going to head towards um, what is kind of like the center of them, what was the old customs market. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of head that direction. Perfect.
0: Yeah, that that building is still standing. I mean, that first floor is still standing. The first door is mostly stone. Um, the second and third floor that used to stand there are are you know, collapsed in and over, and you know, people have kind of moved some of that stuff out, but but the the first floor still still remains. And this was a pretty big building. This was a very important building for trade. Uh, the ships that we used to uh, the airships used to come and land in the in the lake, and then they'd they'd kind of ferry their goods across, and and all the paperwork had to come through this building uh, in order to actually be able to trade and bring stuff into the city. So, yeah. So, Nari, you head over there to that, uh, the foundation of the old customs house.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to head in and probably um, just kind of go into that first floor. And I think Nari will kind of sit down and take out a pen and paper and sort of just write there for a little bit. Okay. Um,
0: And uh, Nari, you would know there's a there's something else special about this building that, you know, that I've already told you about. Um so if you want to do anything there just let me know but uh, otherwise yeah you hang out here in the in the uh the old customs house.
1: Uh yeah so Nari's going to write that note um, she's gonna take it and she's going to take it she's going to kind of fold it up really small and she's going to um pull back a couple bricks on the wall and and put the note uh, in this little kind of secret shrine that's um in sort of that stone area. Yeah.
0: Yeah as you do that you can see carved into some of those bricks you can see um, names carved, carved there, uh, and as you kind of, you know that if you were to kind of pull back a lot of this, uh, this kind of junk wood and and all this kind of garbage is the wrong word, but all this you know leftover leavings of the second and third floor, um, you'd see a lot of names carved onto this foundation, um, a lot of names of people who, who died during the bombardment from the M- empire on the city of Arkellby this kind of shrine to their memory.
1: And as Nari kind of puts that note back, she's going to say a a quick prayer. Um, It's kind of going to be a little bit of a prayer of just kind of blessing and um, atonement sort of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I think she'll get up and she'll, she'll head back towards the lazy leg.
0: Got it. Um, Just one quick thing, Nari, as you, as you kind of finish your prayer and as you, as you start to walk, you, you, I don't know if the right word is peace. You feel a little bit of strength. You feel a little bit of of support. Um, as you as you leave this shrine, you feel it like kind of deep in your in your heart, in your joints, in your in your muscles. You feel this this kind of sense of of relief, this sense of support. Okay? And then you head back to the lazy leg.
5: Awesome.
0: All right, Pine and Ebby, what are you guys doing? Well, Pine wanted to find a woodworker. He realizes, um, so Pine has been using his cane functionally as a shield. So that's been, you know, helping out his AC. But what that would translate to in game terms is, um, or in, in uh, role play terms, is that his cane is probably really nicked up and like dinged and probably burned somewhat. Um, so he a kind of looking to replace his cane with something um, uh, nicer and um, newer. Okay. Yeah, that's not a problem. You, uh, you find a couple different places. You're kind of in, you're not in like the poor area. You're kind of more in like the, I don't know, travelers. Lots of times I'll move through here. This is more of like a middle-class area. Um, the rich people live further, I mean, further west. And then especially in the northwest, that's like the really ritzy area. Um, and then um the poorer people kind of live um a little bit further north of where you are, but up against the wall um that uh separates the city from the docks. So um
4: so kind of I guess which part of town are you guys wanting to go to? Well, Abby, where do you think we could find a good sturdy cane that's not too ostentatious, but will uh you know deflect a sword blow, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> um Well, I suppose
2: it couldn't hurt to go to Probably the Grand Market would be the largest one, right?
4: Oh yes. Uh, no. We'll see if we can find something there. Also, I know we have a few things we could sell. I, I don't think any of us were interested in that, um, that iron stone of sustenance that we kept giving um Applebottom. Maybe we can find a a, a buyer for that too. No, well, that's a that's a fair point.
0: Hey, okay, awesome. Yeah. So, the Grand Market. If you're looking kind of at the city, um, the Grand Market is. Mason's Keep is basically on the western wall, um, and it's kind of on this hill, and that's the kind of the the castle of Arkelvy. Um, And then there's kind of a, a a square out in front of the castle, and the Grand Market is uh, right there, just right by that square. There's a um, there's also a, a like this place called Eberly Manor, and it's kind of a uh, this really large mansion and, uh, it's right there as well. But yeah, there's a, uh, the grand market it's, it should not be very difficult to find. Basically, I think pretty much all the streets kind of will eventually lead you to the grand market if you keep following them. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I know, I know that it's getting, you know, it's afternoon, so it's probably places might be starting to, to close up for the evening. So just, yeah. I can't hurry, hurry that way. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you guys make it to the Grand Market. As you guys are walking by, like the uh, the Skyport, I don't know how many, how much you guys have seen of these large imperial structures, but the Skyport is massive. It's like four towers that are way up in the air. Um, I don't even want to venture a guess as to how high they are, but you know, hundred feet or more, uh, probably more than that. Um, four towers with these like that come off of them at different angles. And you can see currently there are three airships that are tethered, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're tied off to these different docks that come off of this tower. And so instead of airships landing out in the lake like they used to, when the Empire took over, they built this, this uh, skyport and now the airships just come in and they, they basically just pull right up to these docks that stretch out um, over the city. And then the docks, can, the uh, ships can unload right into the uh, skyport. But you march past the Skyport and up and around uh, the streets. You can see Mason's Keep to your left and to your right. You can see um, what looks like a very nice like inn. And right behind the inn, there is the Grand Market. It is just rows and rows of stalls and tents and tables with all kinds of different wares. Um, what I want you to do as you guys are approaching, just make a quick investigation check to see what you can find while you're there. Okay. Sure. Are you... I guess we each do that then? Yeah, you guys can each do that. Or you guys can... Pine rolled a five. Why Why'd you each do that? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let's see. Abby got a 13.
0: Okay. You find... So, um, Pine, you're just like... I don't know why you are... um, I think maybe you're... um, you're not used to hearing so much Ustranian, but you're actually hearing a lot of Ustranian language here in the market. There's a lot of Almerian as well, which you do speak, but there's a lot of the kind of the native Ustranian language um being bandied back and forth here in the city. Um and maybe that distracts you a little bit. But Ebi, you find a a stall that has like canes and um different um uh well, it's basically canes and walking sticks, that kind of thing. There are some that are very nice with like brass handles, and there are some that are just very basic, uh, like the classic, you know, stick with a curve on the end, a little shepherd's crook looking thing. Um, so I guess it would be pine. What are you looking for? What kind of cane are you looking for? Well, so there's there's the, the there's a little kid in me, who remembers going to like the the sword store in the mall, and he really wants <laughs> Ka- pine to get a sword cane. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Um, he, honestly, he's looking for, um, just like the hardest wood that he can find. Um, okay. and then, you know, having that, the, the, ch- the, the crook on the end is, is totally fine. So he's just, again, he's looking for, um, uh, durability over, over style. Perfect. Now, I don't know a lot about wood, but I know that there's a kind of wood called mahogany. Um, and we'll say you can find a mahogany, <laughs> a mahogany cane. I don't know if that's a good How or bad about, uh, ma- maple. Maybe is maple hard hickory. Oh yeah. Hickory a hickory. A hickory. You're sure we'll go with hickory. There we go. Um, yes, I was going to talk about the movie pale rider, but instead we'll stick to, you find a nice hickory <laughs> cane. It is very plain. Um, just, ha- it does have that crook. And the guy, um, you know, when he, uh, he sees what you've been using and he says something to the effect of. Man, you gotta be more careful with these canes. You need, and then he looks over at Ebony and He's like, "Does this guy need like somebody to help, like watch him to make sure he doesn't like get into trouble?" You're
2: like asking if you need like a nurse with you or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ebby Ebby probably doesn't have any idea how to respond to that, and just kind of shakes his head and holds his hands out to the side like a shrug. Like, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs>
0: Uh, um, yeah, so that we'll say that that will cost you uh, for the nice hickory cane, which also counts as a shield. Whatever the price of a shield is, that's how much this hickory cane will cost you. Sounds good. Okay. Um, and then, Ebi, um, with your um, with your investigation, you also noticed that here in the market, there is also like a bulletin board, which, I mean, I don't know if you guys all remember, but the bulletin board was kind of where this whole adventure started. Um, but you see a bulletin board and there are papers flapping um, in the wind. Um that are attached to this bulletin board.
2: Ooh, I will uh, kind of meander my way towards it. You know, maybe while, if it's not too far away, while Pine is, you know, checking the wares and see if I can see anything of note on the bulletin board. Let me see. Yeah.
0: Um, as you walk over there, you see quite a few flyers. You see like, uh, let me, one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven or eight um, different flyers there. Uh, some of them are really short. You know, you kind of look at them. You you see one just says, now hiring Bouncer Lazy Leg Inn by the welcome gate. And then the address is listed. <laughs> and it says, see Jory the barman for inquiries. Um, I believe he know? prefers
4: to go by Bud.
0: um and then uh let's see here i gotta do this sorry guys i just need to um okay you see another one that says uh it's actually uh you speak Ustranian, right um ebby i don't think i do oh you see one that's written in a language that you can't understand um uh and then uh you see another one uh that says if you know something say something Report any and all suspected insurrections to an imperial representative at once. Failure to do so will result in charges brought against you. Do not aid traitors lest you be labeled traitor as well. And that's signed Office of the Governor. Mm. Ooh. There's, an, there's another one which says, With autumn upon us, flowers sleep underground, awaiting a time when they can bloom in the sun once more. Although the roses may be wilted, the gardens in Eberly Park are still the most beautiful in the city. Come stroll around the park, enjoy the multiple gardens, and consider donating to the Arkelvee City Guild of Gardeners, formerly the Royal
2: Gardeners Guild. Oh, Debbie so is, is, is straight up removing that from the billboard. and Very excited about this concept of going to the gardens. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Um, there is another one, and it says, um, One night only. Imperial Splendor Inn proudly presents Tedward, the spooniest bard of them all. And then it lists the date. And the date is tonight.
2: (laughs) Tedward. It sounds so familiar.
4: What what was that, Abby? What was that? Oh, have you ever heard of a Tedward? That seems so familiar. (laughs) Can't say that I have, but... What's, go- what's going on with this Ted Wood?
2: Well, I think he's going to be performing tonight. Ooh, we should take that in after dinner. Yes.
0: Uh, there's another one that says reward in big letters at the top. And it says noises in the cellar and things moving throughout the house at night, exorcism or eradication, whichever you prefer. Just get this spirit gone. And then there's an address. Um, and it's listed in the nicer part of town on, on a place called Elderberry
2: Lane. Um that's going to that's gonna be our killing rats in the basement quest, huh? Ebby <laughs> <laughs> is also going to tear that one off the bulletin board and take that along with him. Okay. Um, let's see. There's one that
0: says, Fight for your city, your province, and your empire. Defend your people against outside forces and threats from within. See far-off places like Collinium Province, Lyran Province, or Thistle Province. Enlist now at the stockade by the South Pier Gate. Um, another one uh, says, citizenry, it is our understanding that festivities related to the March of Gadiver are to commence on the 31st of Ormanbar. While all worship is respected in the Almerian Empire, we remind you that failure to elevate our sacred angel Iramil to his proper position will result in a warning, first offense, a fine, second offense, and time in the stockade, third offense. May Iremiel, the Angel of Unity, continue to bring us together as one people. Signed, Arcovian Ecclesiarchy, Chapel of
2: Iremiel, Masons Keep. Hmm. Interesting. Um. And then, um, I need. So there was a a thing of Gadaver, Lord Gadiver?
0: Yeah, Lord Gadiver. which Ebby, uh, you can make a religion check, but um, I think you probably already know. Yeah, he's like the god of death, basically. Yeah yeah he's the Ooh. god of death so he's um he'd be the god of like um undeath um kind of the body and the the idea of um kind of rising from the grave kind of evil spirits <gasps> that kind of thing
2: it's a halloween parade <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know what you're talking about. It's the 31st of Ormond Bar, not the 31st of October. That's awesome.
2: That's fantastic. I rolled a nine on my religion, but I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, I... That, you, you already knew. You, 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 as uh, Jordan knew more than I would have probably given Ebby anyway. So, got it. All right. Um, and then I just want. Um, why don't you guys make a quick perception check? Pine rolled a twelve.
2: Ebby got a 15.
0: Um uh as you're kind of, you know, you pulled off the one about the uh the uh gardens in Eberly Park. Um Ebby, you pull that one off and you kind of look around. You see um it looks like there's a little scrap of paper like somebody had torn one off earlier and as you kind of look around, you see crumpled up another piece of paper kind of tossed underneath the board kind of in a corner up next to a building as if somebody had uh pulled one off and thrown it away. Huh. Well, we will, I will definitely go and inspect that. All right. So, ebby you pull out this piece of paper, you unroll it, and um, as you start to read it, it's almost like you can hear Pine's voice in your head <laughs> saying these words. Mac, can you go ahead and read what's written? Yeah, give me a sec. I got to pull it up.
4: How long will you allow yourselves to be ruled from afar by an emperor grown fat pillaging the richness of this, your motherland? How long will you allow your livelihood to be taxed in supporting not your community, not your nation, but this monolith to power and domination unchecked? How long will you allow your sons and daughters to be given to their armies, to become tools in the subjugation of our neighbors to the east, west, south, and north, just as we were subjugated ourselves? These times, though dire, need not last forever if we but take hold of our own destiny." This task, though arduous, is not impossible when we rise up as one. That patriot who stands, who will not accept tyranny even to the laying down of their own life, will be heralded as the truest citizen of Everlyn, the savior of this nation, when the songs of victory are sung in every town, city, and hamlet, when their children's children's children praise and honor this valiant fight undertaken in this darkest hour. Rise! Rise up as one.
0: So, ebby you, you've you finished reading that, and um, I think you recognize it because you used to help Pine write some of these tracks. Um, this is definitely something that you remember Pine writing.
2: Huh. I'm going to look around to see if anybody's paying attention to me looking over this piece of paper. Make a perception check. I'd be rolled a 17. Um you uh you actually you see that
0: there's a guy working one of the stalls. It looks like he's selling like um like kind of a uh, brass pots and things and he it looks like he's kind of wiping a pot and he's kind of glancing over at you and when he sees you glance over at him he kind of stops looking.
2: Interesting. I'm going to try to discreetly pocket that as best I can and then head over to Pine. Okay? And then uh once I get to him I want to kind of whisper to him and just be like, did you ever come to Arkilvy and start ro-
4: spreading pamphlets or, or posting to the bulletin boards? Oh, heavens no. I was um, was in Tavery for a long time, kind of a homebody.
2: I'm going to kind of like lean into him so that way my body and his body kind of block the view and pull that out and hand it, kind of shove it into his hand so he can look at it. Okay, I'll look at it. The first
0: thing you notice, Pine, is this is not your handwriting. This is not Ebby's handwriting either.
4: These are our words, but this isn't our hand. Someone has made a copy.
2: Perhaps the spark that you lit in Tabury has carried a bit further than you anticipated.
4: Hmm. I, um... I would be very careful um, how we respond to this, but uh, I, I can't help but feel overjoyed. Maybe we, maybe we toss this. Let somebody else find it. Just so
2: that you know, not that it means anything necessarily, but there was an individual back over that way, and without trying to gesture or give away that I'm referring to him, I want to kind of indicate the direction of that shopkeeper um that had kind of made eye contact with me sure and just say he was watching me as i picked that up off the ground i'm not sure if he had planted it there if he you know is seeding the the ground perhaps a member of like fallen heaven operating in in secret or if it's a plant from perhaps an imperial spy but Whoever that person is, he seemed awfully interested in what I was doing with that piece of paper.
4: Hmm. Well, I think think it's safest if we leave it here. Not just so that we don't have it on our persons, but also that maybe someone else could find it and be inspired, as we originally intended. Um, I think I'll go try to talk with this man.
2: That sounds good to me.
4: I will nonchalantly
0: walk over. I mean, there's, there's like no Chalant at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's no privacy out here either. This is, this is, people are here shopping for all mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, So you, you walk over to this guy. He's short. He's probably about four foot, four foot five. Um, He's got like a thick, dark hair, a very thick beard, um, like long beard. And he's just, he's just scrubbing away at this brass pot. And when he sees you walking over, he says, uh, yeah, can I help you?
4: Um, yes. Um, have you, by any chance, heard this Tedward perform? Is he is he worth the money? <laughs> Tedward, oh,
0: uh Ted, I've heard, I've heard he's got. Uh, I, I've heard he's he plays a pretty good song. Hmm. I've heard that the first time you hear him, you're disappointed, but then the <laughs> second time, he's much
4: better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be. Well, uh, we'll have to wait to see if that's the truth, but, um. <laughs> oh, interesting thank you um there were some many interesting um pamphlets and and flyers over there on that on that board do you pay much attention to it oh
0: uh no people come and go but i'm i don't care if somebody's selling something on that board i want them to come buy stuff from me by the way are you in the need of a new chamber pot and he holds up this you know this pretty nice looking brass chamber pot which seems kind of chilly to you
4: but <laughs> oh ch- chamber pot no is it only chamber pots just for the poops and the peas well yeah you could you could put something else in there i guess but
0: uh i i mean food or soup i guess i don't know <laughs>
4: it's a pot <laughs> it, it's a pot okay well uh, yes we, we we travel a lot and uh, between between cities it's nice to have some some cooking gear for, for for preparing meals on the road but um chamber pots not so much we just you know Find a secluded place under a tree.
2: <laughs> Ebby's going to reach forward and be like, oh, I don't know, Pine. This is pretty nice. How much are you asking for it? Uh,
0: that one, uh, I've spent quite a bit of time on that. That one's five gold. Five gold, huh?
2: It's pretty enough to be on a windowsill. Ebby's going to pull out eight gold <laughs> okay. and hand it to him and say, you wouldn't perhaps have any any helpful information for some people who are a little new to the city, would you? um wait can what, we just pause really quick I yes. mean, who would display
0: who would <laughs> yeah. display their chamber pot on their windows <laughs> this guy is this is a hard sell right here he's trying, he's trying to this chamber pot is so beautiful that after you're done duking you'll put it on your on your window for people passing by and say oh hey look at that chamber pot that's a nice chamber pot <laughs> okay i'm sorry to derail that okay evie you <laughs> were asking something really cool yeah, yeah. no so I want, I want Ebi, you asked a question. You asked to see if there's any, if he could offer any help. You gave him three gold pieces. I am, uh, I want you to make a persuasion check.
2: This is not a strong suit for Ebby. Uh, a 13. That's not bad. I have a minus one to my charisma, <laughs> oh, so gosh. I'll take a 13. <laughs> All right. So, uh,
0: he's like, oh, um, just, uh, you know, if you're from other towns, you know, uh, they tend to have a constabulary, but here in Arcov, there's no local constabulary. Everything is just controlled by imperial forces. So, um, I guess just if you see imperial forces, just keep your nose clean. That's about that's about the best advice
2: I can give you. Oh, and how long have you been in the city here? Oh, born and raised. I can see. Um, how has it been, if you don't mind me asking? Kind of leaning in closer. <laughs> He kinda he kinda
0: leans back a little bit away from you. <laughs> um it's been about about as good as can be expected. I see. We heard about the troubles about a month back. Oh oh the yeah, the the traitors that were, were hung. Yes. Uh yeah, the Empire it cleaned house a couple months ago, and um I think that now we're we're better off for it. Do I believe him? Make an insight check. I got a 16.
2: Uh, he's saying what
0: he needs to say because he has no clue who you guys are.
2: Yeah, Ebby got a cool. 10 on Insight, so he probably was like, I have no idea. What <laughs> you're you're just that. nodding along, just nodding along. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that chamber pot, mm, that chamber pot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the one guy who doesn't need the chamber pot is like so interested in buying that. Ch- Actually, you already bought the chamber pot. Never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's mine now. <laughs> it's going to be displayed in a windowsill. <laughs> I'm going to wear it as a helmet. <laughs> yes Uh, yes so um so pine will then say like recognizing that he's saying what he needs to say
4: right i mean Mm um uh pine will just say um oh yeah it's really a shame that um so many would lose their lives over something they truly believe in it's just a shame all around trying to be um not overly sympathetic to the people who died, but you
0: know, mm-hmm. just mourning the loss of life. He says, "Well, you know, my my mother always said that you know, if you believe in something enough, it should be worth
4: dying for." Your mother's very wise.
0: I I think so. Hmm. She she's single. <Okay>. Uh, I don't say that cuz I just heard you start to say she passed on. <laughs> she passed on. Yes, she she passed on 5 years ago. Um uh, our, our shop used to be out on the docks and, and we've moved now to the grand market.
4: Well, I'm terribly sorry for your loss as well. It's um, it's in the past. Yes,
0: well. We all move uh, forward, right? I mean, progress and he kind of points to the inn that's right behind him and he points over to the skyport that's huge. We all move on.
4: Well, you know, looking at that skyport, it is impressive, but I can't help but I'm um, I can not help but think of the the homes that were directly underneath it or displaced to build it.
0: Yes. He doesn't know how to respond to that. He just kinda nods and goes, Yeah. I guess I think about that sometimes too.
2: You're not alone. You know, with us becoming such good friends and all now. I was wondering if you had heard any word f- from Tabury. We've been out traveling for a long time, and a-, a while back we used to consider Tabury a sort of home to us. Has there been any word or news from that city for the last month or so?
0: Tabury? I heard that there was some, some scuffle that happened out there. Um, some bigwigs came into town and then were, were off that direction. At least that was the scuttlebutt around town but uh i mean, I don't know i keep I keep out of that that type of business but uh he uh he makes up his mind and he kind of um leans in close that remember before Abby when you leaned in close, he's kind of leaned back well, now he kind of leans back in towards you, and he says that paper you got there if you're if you're interested, two months ago, there was a perch, and they got some fallen heaven folk. And uh I don't know what you know about Archovy but all I can tell you is that and he kind of looks around and he says the rose was not plucked just wilted. And then he backs up and he brushes off his hands and he says well, anyway, well, thank you uh, for buying that chamber pot. I'm sure it will serve you very well. It holds a very large deuce. So you should be, you should be fine even after, um, you know, Taco Tuesday.
2: Oh, that is the best thing ever.
4: It's the, a two-deuce the... pot. <laughs> well, wonderful. I can't wait to use it. Thank you. Um, and um, yes, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to work this into my, to what I say. Um, it's nice to see that dire times don't last forever and that we can still hold on to our, take hold of our own destiny.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think, uh, I think I, I understand what you're saying. It's, it's nice that when, when things look down that maybe we do, we do rise, up, uh, ra- ri- raise ourselves up. Yeah. Right? We get back up and we, we go for it. We, 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 and then he kind of whispers to you, we rise up.
4: There's one, yes.
0: And then he, he shakes your hand as you leave. Oh, dude, man, I got in chills, Paul. Like, I oh. so d- I wrote that. Uh, Paul asked me to write some example uh, uh, sedition. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> so I wrote that, and I, I I was not expecting to find it here. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you found it. All right, so that's. I think everybody has done their things. Everyone's kind of heading back towards the inn. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing to Abby?
4: Yes. Abby, did you? Um... Did you find, did you take that flyer for the, um, the garden tour? I did. It looks wonderful. I think there's more to it than meets the eye based on our new friend. Oh. Oh, you mean the rose thing. Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: Oh, I thought there would just be really interesting plants there. I really was hoping to have a good conversation with them, you know what I mean? Well, there, there may be, and you may still get to
4: speak with some can you talk to plants <laughs> well <laughs> is that a thing now occasionally <laughs> i've been working on a spell you
2: see I, <gasps> I was i was meditating about it and i realized that i could feel their life force and there was almost like a conversation happening with the plants and i thought to myself well my goodness if i could speak with them perhaps i could tell them to do certain things
4: and well you know it kind of goes from there Hmm. Well I'd be very interested to know about the personalities of various um, plants and flowers Oh I have
2: a few suspicions if you know what I mean
4: (laughs) (laughs) I saw Alice in Wonderland
0: I know how those flowers are It's a Uh. weed (laughs) Alright we'll we'll head back Perfect you guys all kind of meet back up at the Lazy Leg Inn Everyone's kind of had their little day out in Arklevy so far and it's just about dinner time.
1: I'm gonna give Jory the trout that I brought back and ask him to cook that up for us.
0: He's like, okay, yeah, sure, thank you. Um, not a problem. And then he kind of goes back to the one of the doors behind him and he, it's a kitchen and he, he tosses it back there. He's like, hey, cook this. And he tosses it back and then he closes the door again. He's like, that should be ready in about oh, 40 minutes or so. That's awesome. I like to think that he was, like, talking to his mother or his wife or something.
3: <laughs> I just envisioned him throwing it like the guys at the Pike's Place Market up in Seattle.
0: Oh, no, he literally had, like, his thumb in the gill, and he just walked over, and he just, like, hucked it. Like, he just kind of, like, flung it into the room. <laughs> you have no idea if anyone caught it, if anyone was over there on the other side. But It's a one-man operation. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, cook that. and Then he closes there. And he's like, I'll be right back. And then he goes in there, and he does it himself. <laughs> Right. Someone has to catch that fish.
3: Oh, man.
0: All right, well, oh, perfect. Well, you guys have some time to kill before dinner, and then um, Tedward the, the bard is going to be in town tonight. <laughs> oh, man. If that's the route you guys are going. Uh, hot damn, everyone.
4: <laughs> <laughs> have we got news for you?
1: Yeah, should we grab a, grab a table and everybody get around, and we can just kind of chat about... What we found today? Yeah, yeah so I
3: could use a drink
1: in the corner. I think
0: would be best. Okay, perfect. Yeah, there's a there's a, a couple of corners in here that you guys can find a little bit of privacy. The tables are pretty full at this point, but you guys can kind of uh, um, shoulder your way, you know, shoulder people out of your out of your uh, your conversation.
4: Nari, we were out today at the market and um. Ebbie, why, why don't you show her the flower that we found? Fa- the the f- flyer. Why don't you show her the flyer that we found about um the the rose garden?
2: Yes, rather interesting thing that we stumbled upon. Um, and I, I will. I think I still have both of these tracts. I think I don't think I dropped the seditious one. Yeah, you um, never said you did. So yeah, you and so I'm gonna have that one on the bottom, like on the table, and then the actual garden one over it. And when I slide it over, I'm gonna kind of fan them out just slightly so they can see that there's the uh, sedition one right underneath it. Perfect.
0: Perfect. All right, yeah, you guys look at these tracks and uh, the went about the garden, it says, with autumn upon us, flowers sleep underground, awaiting a time when they can bloom in the sun once more. Although the roses may be wilted, the gardens in Everly Park are still the most beautiful in the city. Come stroll around the park, enjoy the multiple gardens, and consider donating to the Arkelvee City Guild of Gardeners, formerly the Royal
2: Gardeners Guild.
1: Well, maybe we should check out this, uh, this guild.
2: I think that would be a wise idea.
1: I do want to mention to you, I was talking to a gentleman on the docks today, and uh, he mentioned deacons in the city patrolling the streets, and and doing menial chores and housework for the uh, elite.
2: Chores? They would make the soldiers work for, for them?
1: That's what it sounded like. It sounded like those who could afford um, help were hiring these deacons. These robots, he called them. Uh, he called them Robots. Robots. Robits.
2: Robits. <laughs> Robits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they are... Bartering and trading my people, and using them for labor.
1: It appears so. I I didn't see one, but that's what he he made it sound like. Obviously, I didn't want to ask too many specifics.
2: Ebby just kind of goes quiet at that, and because he's metallic, it looks like he's almost shut down. <laughs> like he's just kind of locked in position kind of deep in thought about mm. this. Right, where you would
0: expect, if anyone's looking, you would expect, like, breathing, like you'd see the shoulders move, but Ebby does not move at all. Joff
3: is going to press a finger into the seditious tract and ask, Mr. Pine, is this your handwriting?
4: No, it's not. Hmm. We, we met someone at the market who um made a connection between that and this other tract about the flower garden, Nari, it specifically talks about roses wilting but not dead, and it mentions that they're underground. I think that's cool.
1: No, it, it it seems quite interesting. I think we should definitely check out this uh, this park and the guild as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Nari, real quick, uh, uh, you would remember that Eberly Park is where you used to have your clandestine meetings to pass on information. Um, it's a large city park. Most of it's manicured, but um, Nari, you used to go to kind of the back part of it that was kind of unmanicured, and that's where you, you used to ha- pass on all your your information.
1: Okay, I would relay that information then to the group and let them know that um, there are parts of it that we were using to pass messages so it's possible that there are still, I guess, some of us out there.
3: But what uh, I, I want to be clear: what our goal is here in Arklevi? Are we trying to join up with the Rose Syndicate? Are we trying to push back against the Empire? Or are we trying to figure out what this key is about and trying to find someone that can translate that book?
4: Well, I think um, we we came here specifically to. To see the library and mm, visit for, for Nari, but then to head up into the mountains, right? Or to at least consider heading into the mountains, to to your people, Nari.
1: I mean, yeah, the the key is obviously the most important thing, uh, getting that figured out, but I, I don't know, I mean i I I thought the Rose Syndicate was completely destroyed, and I I guess I just feel like if there's A spark left I want to make sure that they're safe at the very least Um, I don't expect you guys to come with me to do that necessarily but um, but I do think I I owe them to find them
2: I think that we're all in this together Nari if you'll have us
1: I appreciate that
3: and that might be a good place for me to hide away for a minute I've made a new enemy
4: (sighs) who is it this time (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, if you didn't notice, I'm not wearing my gloves anymore. I uh, resigned from the Howling Talon,
4: and that makes you an enemy. Why is that? Well, were you were you enlisted? Were you were you under contract for a certain number of years, or are you awol?
3: <laughs> awol is a good way to describe it. I I finished my mission. Sent a message to my employer. Well, I guess I didn't really finish the mission. I I just told them that I did. Um, I don't know what their response is going to be. Um, yeah, so I don't really want to stay in the city for very long.
4: I think that might be a good idea.
2: Perhaps we we can follow up on this Rose Syndicate matter. And Nari, I know you've mentioned um, you mentioned that you felt that the the actual codex itself, as well as the the crystal disc being perhaps the more important. And while that may be the truth, I might have to say it may not be the most pressing. If there is a, a matter with your people up in the mountains, then wasting time, not that we're wasting it, but spending time imprudently may not be for the best. We might want to make haste towards that direction. Nari.
3: If we go and find friends of yours, do you trust anyone that would be able to research some of these things for us while we're away looking into your family in the mountains?
1: I mean, it would depend on who's left, but I can definitely think of some people who would be helpful. Um, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I thought everyone was gone. So it, it would really just depend on who survived but i appreciate your concern ebby and and i do want to go to see my family as well but i mean the last the last few years the rose syndicate has been my family and i feel like i i can't abandon them either well i fear
4: this may be this coded message could also very well be a trap to try to lure out any uh, lingering members of of the Rose Syndicate. So if we do this, we can be smart about it. We can plan. We have the strength in our numbers. So we need not all go. We could have um, someone surveilling in case things got, got dicey. Um,
3: I could go take a look tonight.
4: Yeah. We'll, we'll, but, but it'll have to wait, though, because first we're going to go see the, the world's spooniest bard. Ted Wood is performing. Can you believe it? <laughs> Huzzah! Ted <Wood. laughs>
1: Why didn't you say so?
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right. And as you guys are, are having their conversation, you know, rounds are brought out. Um, eventually a fish is brought out. Um, and I'm going to um, roll to see how tasty this fish is. Is it a delicious bass? Oh, gosh. I rolled a natural one. Oh, man. It is foul. Like, Jory or whoever's back there cooking must not cook fish very often, which is silly because it's right right here on the lake. Um, That fish was, I mean, there were parts that were burnt and there were parts that were not cooked at all. Just ruined your trout. Like it was a spawning trout and they didn't take any of the gross out. Well, they didn't clean it at all, right? They didn't. They Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. So, so sorry, <laughs> Nari, about your trout, but it was uh, not a delicious bass. <laughs>
2: I imagine you guys are all sitting around disgusted and Ebby is like trying to stuff stuff up his like little mouth tube that he like sucks water into. And he's like, I think I can taste it. Mmm, delicious lake trout. <laughs> oh
0: gosh. While, while we are sitting there though, I will say to Ebby,
4: Ebby, <sighs> I, I know this news of your people is must be very upsetting. This is obviously... Terrible that your people are even further enslaved than you originally thought. But maybe, maybe the fact that there are enough of you. That they're not just used for military service. Maybe that says something about the potential strength of your people. (laughs) Yeah, the strength
2: of um, of my people. Helping to clean out their chamber pots and... Ebby slams the chamber pot he just bought onto the table, helping carry their groceries to and from the city. What a beautiful life that they've created for my people. Okay, that chamber pot is massive. Damn,
1: that's a nice chamber pot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I swear it would fit at least two deuces
2: inside. (laughs) It is a nice chamber pot. I'm not going to lie. It's quite nice. <laughs> oh, gosh.
4: No, Abby, I am terribly sorry. I just, I guess what I was, maybe your you're, peop- you're not as rare as, as maybe we feared. And when we do figure out this key, when we do figure out this book, when we do free your people, they can be strong. They could be a nation. When I do free my people, there will be hell to pay. I'll be right with you, Abby. We all will. How many
3: do you think there are of you?
2: In in all of my life, the most I ever saw was in Tabori when they came into the city. When they were marched in front of the keep or when they were posted there. That was the most I had ever seen.
3: Well, You have to assume that they would have a, a large number of these deacons at the capital and the bishops as a show of force. I mean, if they're going to send anybody out to a remote place like Tabury, they must have a large quantity of your people.
2: How many occupied provinces are there? There are
0: six provinces of the empire. Arkhalvy is not the smallest, but it is kind of the most remote. Well, not even that. It's Arklvi is is one of the smaller ones, though. Got it.
2: So, Archilvy here, say a few hundred in this province, being smaller, perhaps a few more in each of the others, there could be thousands of my people.
3: There could be. And you could even double that number if you're going to say they're going to have a standing army in the capital. We could be talking about 2,000 of your people.
0: Minus the 20 that you guys have destroyed. Just saying. (laughs) Oh, sorry. 1,980 well, one of them I actually knocked unconscious. It didn't actually kill it, so <laughs> one thousand nine hundred eighty-one. But he got killed later. He got killed later
2: uh-huh. for failure. How <laughs> dare That's you awesome. come back? Um, no, I think Ebby Yeah, Ebby is is quietly fuming about all of it.
3: Jeff puts a hand on Abby's shoulder.
2: I appreciate the comfort. I am stronger because of the pack here because of the bonds that we've formed. But so help me, I will not rest until these people are liberated, until I figure out what it is that is suppressing them, how I can awaken them, and how we can dish out holy retribution on these usurpers for what they have done. here! Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and I'll raise a glass to toast that. And I'll raise the chamber pot. as as i go to toast i'm like
4: what's that you're always saying ebby beep boop wolves (laughs) (laughs) sorry
0: that was a throwback to a patreon episode so for all you patrons out there you know there's a little easter egg for you all right very cool okay so you guys um you don't have dinner but you do finish a few drinks all right, alcohol on an empty stomach. This is going to be a great <laughs> night at Tedward's performance. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, you guys are going to go see Tedward, huh? I don't know. Now that uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think I'd want to leave Ebby if Ebby doesn't want to come. Joff isn't planning
2: on going out.
1: I mean, I wouldn't mind getting a good night's rest.
2: I mean, I feel compelled to go see Tedward. <laughs> uh, I do as well.
1: Let Let's
4: Let's go Let's go take in the show.
0: Okay, so if I got this straight, then Ebby and Pine are leaving, and then Nari and uh, Joff are staying there at Lazy Leg.
3: Joff is going to try and get a a bath, some warm water, and a shave. Okay.
1: Nari's going to go back and yell at Dory for messing up the trousers. (laughs) Get get him a little snack and go up to to the room, and I think she's just going to want to take a rest tonight.
0: Got it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So not a problem. You, you, you lay into Jory. He keeps passing the buck on to, uh, onto Willie who's back in the back. who's supposed to be doing all the cooking. Um, and then, uh, uh, Joff, you try to, uh, to get a bath and it takes some serious finagling. And it also takes another five silver, um, to convince, uh, Jory to have Willie get the, the tub out, start boiling some water, start filling it up. Um, so you can have a nice hot bath. Um, the bath is not in your room, by the way, it is kind of in one of these rooms back behind the bar because they don't okay. want to take the bath upstairs, but yeah, you can get cleaned up. Not a problem. Yeah. It's yeah. it's still a private area.
3: Okay. Yeah. Joff is just, he just doesn't like being dirty. So he's getting clean.
0: Right. Awesome. Well, very cool. And then, um, and then, uh, Ebby and Pine, you guys are heading towards the Imperial Splendor Inn, which is, I think, uh... I think if we could wash up a little bit before we go, though, because that sounds like a really fancy place. Uh, okay. Yeah, go, you guys go get washed up. Um, your clothes are still dirty. Um, as I recall, you guys don't have changes of clothes. Um, you guys have basically been wearing the same clothes now for at least, at, well, at least, gosh, three weeks. Oh, gross. Uh... But it's video game rules, right?
4: Uh, yeah, I was going to say,
0: <laughs> maybe pick up a, a spare set of clothes at some point. Um, I feel like that's something that... When you were in the market, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pine would know that he needs more than just one pair of pants and one shirt, you know? At least two pairs of underwear. Well, okay, so why don't you guys knock off... Um, another, are you guys just getting, like, basic clothing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I might look for just, like, some sturdier kind of traveling cloak and robes, stuff okay. like that. Perfect. Um... Is there
0: a price listing in the player's handbook for those things? There is. Right. Okay. So common clothes, we're looking at uh, five silver. Um, fine clothes, we're looking at 15 gold. Traveler's clothes, we're looking at two gold. And then costume, we're looking at five gold as well. Okay. So Pine will actually purchase a set of fine clothes. Oh, Spending some big bucks. That's 15 gold pieces for that's, some fine clothing. That's right.
2: And will just do some more travelers clothes.
0: Okay, perfect. That's just two gold pieces for you then. Then you guys, uh, you leave the lazy leg in, it's now dark, but there's streetlights, uh, that have been lit. There's a guy going along with like a long pole with a little, uh, well, like, a—I was going to say an ember, but I didn't want, um, pine to get his hopes up. Um, <laughs> it's got a little, a little punk, you know, like a little punk for lighting the fireworks. And, uh, he goes along and he lights the different lamps. Um, you can see um, every once in a while, like a house. Instead of having like the like the um, like a traditional lantern, uh, an oil lantern, they'll have uh, like a crystal glowing uh, in front of their house. Or you can every once in a while see in the window, and just the lighting is a little bit different. Like they're using the crystal tech, and it tends to be more in the nicer houses, the bigger houses, that kind of thing. Um, but you ask around a little bit, you find out where the Imperial Splendor Inn is, and it is, um, basically it's the inn right outside of the Skyport. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's not too far away. You could probably get there in about, oh, 15, 20 minutes of walking. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys head on over there. And, um, as you... As you approach the skyport, as you're getting closer, you can't help but see how tall these towers are. And earlier in the day, there were three airships. Now there's uh, five that are um, tied off at these docks, but it looks like one of them is different. Uh, So it's like maybe one left and then like whatever, three more came. So it looks like there's a lot of uh, interchange in these uh, airships throughout the day. Um, A lot of commerce coming back and forth into the city. Um, But you approach this large... um, uh, sprawling is the the wrong word. It's just kind of massive. It's like a, it's almost like a fortress. Um, and um, as you guys are approaching, you guys can make some uh, perception checks. Okay. Pine rolled a twenty two.
2: Okay. Abby got a thirteen.
0: Okay. Um, as you're approaching, Abby, I think you're more interested in all the people who are kind of coming and going. Um, here into this tavern you can already hear like music and things coming from the tavern um and or the inn and uh but pine you notice as you're approaching this this uh imperial splendor Inn that um it looks like uh the building is um uh is an older building um and you can see that uh the sign for the building is um is hanging out in front of the door, but as you're kind of looking at the stone, it looks a little bit discolored. And as you look at the at the stone with your 22, uh, you can see that um, the uh, there used to be paint on the front of the building. So it's like the sign was actually painted on the building, and they've scrubbed it off and they've cleaned it up. But with your 22, you can actually read that this building, this inn, had a different name before it was called the Imperial Splendor Inn. So they. The name of the inn used to be called the King's Mercy. Hmm. And since the Empire took over, they changed the name. Okay. Imperial Splendor. Hmm. Okay. Um, But this inn looks well built. Um, It looks... The people going in and out, um, generally speaking, are... um, They're not... Like the rich folk, but they are—they're dressed nicely, you know. Um, you see that there are people coming out that are—you know—they've obviously been in their cups a lot today. There, there, uh, there's some, there's some drunken uh, laughter and and that kind of thing. But when you walk in, it is a um, a large open room with tables. There's um like the trestle tables, like the long bench style tables. There's round tables in the corner. There's a couple of balconies um, on both sides. And there is a large stage. Um, the bar is kind of off to one side, but there's a large stage. And as you guys walk in, um, you see a lot of people in there. So, um, yeah, so you guys going to get a seat at the bar. You guys going to get a table.
4: What's your plan? Well, Epi, I think it's best um, to kind of keep your identity uh, hidden. That we, we sit maybe a little farther away from from the, the, the throngs. Yes, I think I would appreciate that. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll try to
0: sit back from maybe in a, a corner table so we can hear and see, but from a distance. Yeah, perfect. Um, as you guys are kind of finding a table, um, it's kind of hard to find a table until um, somebody gets up on stage. He's he's dressed kind of, you know, the only word I can think of is gaudy. He's got, like, lots of multiple colors on. You know, like, one tight uh, on one side is, like, purple. The other tight is, like, yellow. Um, he's got a big floppy hat on, knees. he's announcing he's, like, the MC, and he's, like... All right, the moment everyone's been waiting for. The Imperial Splendor Inn is so proud to present the spooniest bard of all, Tedward. And then you see Tedward come up on stage. And he looks exactly like you would expect. He has (laughs) long blonde hair. He's got a red hat with a white feather in it. Um, He's got a harp. He wears red clothing. Um, He looks like Edward from Final Fantasy 2 slash 4 because that's kind of who he is. He gets up, he strums a little bit on his, um, on his harp and he starts to sing some songs and, um, he's pretty good. Um, and as you guys are listening for a while, um, he's been playing for about 20 or 30 minutes and then you start hearing a chant going around the tavern. People have actually started to move up now towards the stage to get closer. And then, um, as you guys are listening, you hear the chant is, um, they start chanting the young lass by the pond, the young lass by the pond. And you hear people saying, the young lass, the young lass, and that kind of thing. Play Freebird. Bird. Then...
2: <laughs> yeah, free Bird. <laughs> um... oh,
0: so they uh, oh. they start chanting the young lass. And uh, Tedward, then he says, oh, okay, okay. I can see that everyone wants to hear probably my most famous composition. So... All right, here we go. I was going to save it for the last song of the night, but maybe we'll play it twice. And he strums his harp and he begins to sing a song. And here is where Tedward redeems himself, hopefully. I'm
1: so excited.
0: And he starts to sing. And he has the voice of <laughs> the voice of an angel. He goes, The young lass by the pond, Washing her long brown hair, She moves so gracefully, In just her underwear. Her clothes hang on a tree, so very close to me. If I can be a sneak, mayhaps I'll catch a peek. The young lass by the pond, washing her long brown hair. She moves so gracefully in just her underwear. And as he's singing, it's like everyone's like going huzzah and hey. And then he goes on to verse number two. He says, the young lass by the pond stretches out lazily. I'm hiding, but I try to see what I can see. I move aside a branch as I adjust my pants. Mine eyes, they do
2: behold a sight worth more than gold.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. This guy's a
2: perv. <laughs> why does that? Why does that make sense for Tedward to be a perv? Though <laughs> <laughs> he's not done. The young lass
0: by the pond, washing her long brown hair. She moves so gracefully in just her underwear, and people are getting into it. They're like, yeah, yeah, young lass, and they're like, huzzah, and all that. And then he goes to verse three. The young lass by the pond stands up and starts to dance. She twirls and she leaps upon the dew-soaked grass. My ears are turning red. All thought has left my head. My heart begins to buck. I can't believe my luck. And people are singing along with him. The young lass by the pond suddenly gives a start. She must have heard a noise, perhaps my pounding heart. And people are getting really into it now. And then he goes on to verse four. The young (laughs) lass by the pond chasing me across the land. I'm bobbing left and right. As fire leaps from her hands, I barely get away. By running fast and hard, she hit me once or twice. That's how I got this scar. <laughs> <laughs> the young lass by the pond, a memory of which I'm fond. But watch lest you get burned. The young lass by the pond, strum. And everyone goes crazy. <laughs> that uh, deserved
2: right. worse <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone's cheering and cheering, and they love that song, and they're all on their drinks, and you know, Pine and every just shaking their heads going, ah, the misogyny. I believe that Ted was a sexual predator. <laughs> 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 Oh, and then the night. I mean, if you guys are gonna let loose a little bit, this this party, this this end starts to let loose a little bit after that song, and people start to loosen up a lot. I think Pine is Pine is Pine is drinking whiskey, smoking a cigar, and just kind of feeling out Ebby, see what Ebby's down for.
2: Yeah, I think Ebby Ebby's just kind of reserved. I mean, he can't really get into it with everybody else. He's still kind of a little bit timid amongst this kind of group of people.
0: All right. Well, the night starts to wind down. Well, actually, it doesn't necessarily start to wind down. Um, it will go on as long as you guys want to. Because um, Tedward takes a break for a little bit, then he comes back out and he sings. He sings some more. So, how long? How late are you guys going to stay? At this point, uh, Joff is done bathing. Uh, you're probably trimming up the mustache. Like, what exactly are you doing as far as your shaving, Joff? Joff is
3: is shaving off his mustache and okay. trimming up his no! hair.
2: <laughs> I feel like he should keep like the little pencil thin, like Robin Hood style. Oh, he should like the nineteen forties Robin Hood. You know? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So it's
3: he's, he's shaving his his face smooth for now. He might he might grow some sort of facial hair down the road, but he needs to change his look. And um, he's pulling out his his ponytail and is letting
0: his hair um hang down low. All right. And Nari is uh, snacking and laying in her bed?
1: Yeah, I think that um, Nari probably also would have wanted to go out and just get some casual clothing as well. Okay, yeah, Um, perfect. But yeah, no, she's just, I think, probably wanting to rest for the night. Get a long rest in.
3: Roos had fancy clothes in his pack that he hasn't been
2: wearing. Well... I feel like he should it, like I'm I'm getting very much Errol Flynn kind of vibes. I don't know if you know who he was, oh, yes. but he was like the swashbuckling Robin Hood from the black and white movies back in the day. Seriously, look up a photo and tell me that you don't see a little bit of. Ruse. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, I totally. As soon as you said his name, I'm just like, like images of like the shadow fight in the background from that original one.
5: Yes. Uh-huh.
3: There you go.
0: Oh, gosh. That's yes, so great. that's totally. That's t- <laughs> yeah, that's what he looks like. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll say that Ebby um, and Pine, you guys wander back to the Lazy Leg Inn. Um, and as you guys approach the Lazy Leg Inn, you can't help but think that you guys are kind of a crappy inn. <laughs> <laughs> the Imperial Splendor Inn was way nicer um, and way more fun, too. Yeah. When you walk into the Lazy Leg, I mean, instead of being greeted by music and and uh, and uh, Revelry, you're greeted by drunks and uh, somebody threatening somebody else with a knife for cheating at cards. Oh, I was going to say, if there's a card game, maybe I'll play some cards. But if there's already some threatening going on now, we're just going to call it a night. <laughs> OK. All right. So, Evie and Pine, you guys head on up to bed um, and uh, you guys all tuck in for the night. Anything anybody wants to do before f- sleep? Any last things but f- to end the day? I think that, uh, Pine on the way
4: back, uh, Pine would say to Ebby, we can't be found with that tract. I, I think we should burn it when we get back to our room.
2: Yes. I think that probably is the safest bet. It's served its purpose now. Yes. All right. You guys are all
0: tucked in to your beds. Except for Ebby. Ebby, are you going to lay down or are you just going to sit
2: in the corner? Like uh, yeah, Abby's gonna kind of sit in a chair in the near the window, just kind of looking out over the city as he kind okay. of does his sentry thing. Got it.
5: Okay.
2: All right.
0: Um, and can I just say, Paul? Like, I'm Matt is feeling this comfort of an actual bed. It's not raining <laughs> on us. We can like we can have a warm room. This is it just feels this feels really good for Pine. Oh, it's gosh. a nice
3: nice change of pace. Nice.
0: I did want to tell you something, Paul. Um, I, was, uh, I was making... I made a bunch of rolls. I made 12 rolls for all the days of travel. And okay. uh, I found three perfect skipping rocks. So I have now a total <laughs> of five. Nice. Oh, uh, that is fantastic.
3: <laughs> There's a, a nice lake here. We could go and use some of them.
4: Oh, I, just, I collect them more than anything. Okay. Um, so,
0: um, Nari you're kind of the first one to to drift off to sleep. As you, as you're laying in bed, you're, you're, you're dreaming. And, um, you know, your, your mind goes from normal dreams of, you know, random things like, oh, you know, you're, you're running through the halls of uh, some building looking for a door and you can't find the right one. And then that dream kind of ends for no reason. And then you see someone on the street that you need to uh, try to get to, but they keep moving further back, you know, those kind of, those classic kind of frustrating dreams. And you can almost feel your heart, your, your whole body start to get frustrated, even in your sleep. And then, and then as, as you're trying to reach that person on the street, suddenly they don't matter and they kind of disappear from your sight, but it's, it's odd because in dreams when you you kind of you know that it doesn't matter that you need, that you reach that person or it doesn't matter that you find that door, but in the dream it does matter, and you, you you have a hard time there's these two different conflicting thoughts in your brain. The feeling that you get is that doesn't matter finding that person, this dream, this frustration doesn't matter. it's not important right now, and you almost feel that same kind of a. Uh, Warmth that you were feeling earlier, as you were leaving, the, the makeshift shrine for the people who were killed, when the when the empire bombed Arklevi, you feel that again. But you feel it even stronger now. You feel it, almost like, as you're in your dream, you're still standing on the street, but it's like your vision. It kind of you can see the street around you for about I don't know ten feet, and then it kind of disappears into a white fog and there's this like light all around you, but then you realize the light is actually coming from inside of you. It's coming from your chest. It's coming from your arms. It's coming from your muscles. It's coming from your strength. It's coming from your thighs. You can feel this energy, this power kind of coursing through you that you know is not your power. You have always had your own power, your own strength, and this is different. You almost feel like somebody has given you their power. And there's something very comforting about that. And as you make that realization and the fog around you fades and everything kind of fades to dark as you're sleeping, that realization gives you comfort and you're able to sleep very comfortably. You get some of the best sleep you've had in a very, very long time. Okay, Joff. As you finish looking at yourself in the mirror, you're you're looking at your your clean shaven face, your hair down. You've always been a little bit more of a um. What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a uh, a snazzy dresser. You've style has been important to you. A fop, a dandy. A little bit. <laughs> uh, I would assume that you're not really feeling it, right? Your, your look has changed and not because you want it to, this is kind of out of necessity and not mm. out of style, right? You feel a little bit off, I would assume. Yeah. And for a split second in the mirror, you think you see a face looking at you from over your shoulder. And when you quickly turn, there's nobody there. And that thought kind of I mean, it haunts you for a little bit, but then you're like, "No, it was just a, a trick of the eye, a trick of you know of uh, of being tired and all the travel and and everything and and it's been a stressful day, so you decide to go to sleep. and as you fall asleep, your body gets heavy you you can feel yourself going under, and then almost as fast as you feel yourself go under, you feel yourself come up again and you are standing in this stone room and when i say stone i mean like stacked stone dressed stone very well laid powerful strong stone like a like a fortress you are standing in this room it has a door it has a window there is a tall stand mirror in front of you and on the walls you see um, there are uh, a couple of tapestries hanging down, and you instantly recognize these tapestries as the symbol of the country of Everlyn. It is a uh, a green and blue um, background with a golden triangle on it, which you would know growing up in Tabrian, in Arkle, or in Everlyn before it became Arklevy. You would know that that is represents the the grass and the trees and then the beautiful sky and the mountains that are, uh, that are, that surround the, uh, the North East and, uh, West of the country of Everlyn.
3: Roos rubs his eyes and mutters.
0: "Ugh, now I'm having nightmares about my lineage. You hear a voice behind you and the voice says, I'm having nightmares about your lineage too. <laughs>
3: Who are you? And Rus- Joff will turn around and and uh, and face the speaker.
0: You see um, a young man. He's probably in his twenties. Um, he is wearing the only thing you can describe it as is is very fine clothing, but more like a servant's clothing, right? You can see he's got a doublet on, and on the front of the doublet, it has that same symbol, but not the colors, just picked out in gold. Um, And you see that he's wearing, like, kind of, you know, the shorts that are, like, puffy shorts that they used to wear back in, like, um, Renaissance and... and, uh, Yeah, yeah, like,
3: that poofed out, like, by the knees, yeah.
0: And then, like, tights down below, right? I believe they're called pantaloons. He's got pantaloons on, thank you. Um, And um, he's got a little short half cape on. And he says, yes, I'm not too pleased with your lineage as well, but sadly... You're what we have to work with. Um, he's, got, he's even got like the page boy haircut. We'll just go all in. We'll go all in. He's got a page boy. I love it. <laughs> Wait, is he is he a little lad that loves berries and cream? No, he's not that bad. No, no, no. <laughs> all right.
3: Joff will stare at him and just ask, is this some sort of dream? Where am I? What's going on?
0: He looks around and he says, you are in the last vestiges of the power of the House of Bayard. You, you are the last of the House of Bayard, the royal line of the Everlyn throne. Huh. And you can see, you don't even need to make an insight check. You can see he looks disappointed. Well, apparently the last of
3: your line is going to live his days in hiding and all of this heritage will end with me.
0: Oh, I, I sure hope not. That's, uh, that's kind of why, why I'm here. Um, you see, I'm not truly alive anymore, um, but I have been chosen to assist you in bringing back the glory of the Bayard family. <laughs> the, uh, I, the laughter. I feel like crying. <laughs> what do you expect me to do? Well, I expect you to survive and bring back the glory of the Bayard family. <laughs> well,
3: you're, I think you got the wrong guy. And unfortunately... I'm gay, so I'm not gonna have any kids.
0: Well, that's that's neither here nor there. There's uh, other ways around that—adoption and that kind of thing. That's that's no problem. But yes, the wrong guy. I I tried to convince everyone else that we had the wrong guy too, but nope, you're it. You're it. <laughs> well, I got stuck with a page boy. <laughs> you can call me Squire. Um, I will be squiring for you from now on. Like doing what I ask, serving me? No, oh, I will be doing my best to keep you from dying. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, we've been watching you for a while. Um, that seems like a pretty tall order. So, Whoa, hold on a minute there. I can take care of myself.
3: I have done just fine up until this point. It wasn't until I found out that I belonged to this family that I started having problems like this. Mm. Well,
0: sadly, you are all we have to work with. Well, I I don't want your help. I don't need your help. Well, you know what? I don't want to help you either. But (laughs) guess what? You're stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. (sighs) My liege, excuse me. And then he bows very, very dramatically. I apologize if my tongue got the best of me. My liege. <laughs> Don't do that again. Don't bow to me. Oh, thank the
3: lords and ladies. I, can you end this thing? I just want a good night's rest. I'm going to go and try and find one of the gods tomorrow. I'm going to go and pray so that we can
0: end this whole charade. Uh, yeah, well, um, I'll be around if you need me um other than that have a good night's sleep and then just the room goes dark like instantly dark and then you can feel your body fade back down into sleep
3: Roos wakes up from the nightmare
0: or, <laughs> pardon me joff
3: wakes up from the nightmare
0: <laughs> uh, if only were that easy
3: yeah he has a hard time falling back asleep
0: <laughs> all right abby You sit in a chair looking out the window, these revelations about what's going on with your people on your mind, and uh, suddenly you hear a voice, it's a voice you recognize, and quietly it says, where do you think their souls reside? Are they trapped inside their
4: metal bodies or, or in some limbo? like me, and and which would be worse?
2: I want to think that their souls are within their body. And yet I get the impression that if their souls were in their body, they would act like me. They would have some sort of autonomy. And so perhaps not. Perhaps their souls have been stripped from them by those monsters in those labs, and they hang in limbo just as you do. I don't know that a soul can be
0: ripped like that. Not, not after, no, not the way we did
5: it. The way we did it?
0: What do you mean? He gets kind of dreamy. He says, it was a choice. We all made the choice. Some chose differently. (laughs) Hmm. Funny. Where do you suppose their souls are now? Maybe, maybe
2: they're no better off than I am. Did you do this, Neum? Are you responsible for this metallic form?
0: Suddenly, he is more awake and alert,
2: and he says... Don't you judge me, Abby. We all made the choice. We all made this choice? We all damned ourselves to this infernal husk? Removed from life? Removed from the harmony that is existence? What good is harmony
4: and existence when we're not around to experience it? If that is the case,
2: if that is the case, that we made a choice in order to preserve creation, to preserve our very existence, then so be it. But until I have evidence, I have a hard time swallowing that we would just elect to do this to ourselves. Abby, can you
0: can you tell me what the world is like now? Is it
2: whole? Is it healthy? it's like the world is divided. There's the world in nature. And from what I've seen, it seems to be somewhat healthy. The seasons go on. The rains come and go. Plants grow, live, die. The cycles continue. And yet there is the other life. and that life feels that it's been depressed somehow the the life that comes and the energy that comes with vitality it's like hope is being suppressed somehow but there are still those to hope i feel like there's still a flicker a flame of that warmth that burns within the hearts of men Well men and many other creatures and as long as there is that flicker that flame of hope then there is a chance and that flame of hope may grow until it consumes everything
0: Then he gets a little bit more dreamy again you can tell he's kind of lost in his own thought he says we are late to awaken No one to shepherd mankind, but it seems mankind has done all right for itself without us.
2: All right for itself. And Ebi is like looking off in the direction of some of the Imperial fortifications and the Imperial skyports and thinking of the oppression. And
0: Neum drifts away. And everyone gets their full night's sleep, wakes up in the morning after a long rest, and that is where we were going to end for tonight. Oof. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for playing. I had a great time. I love this roleplay stuff. I hope you guys do too. Yeah, um, it, it, well. it was a great mm-hmm.
1: episode.
0: I got new clothes and some skipping rocks. I'm glad that Edward got to redeem himself, hopefully. Um, all right. So yeah, if you like what you're hearing, go leave us a review. It really helps other people find us, you know, um, Spotify or iTunes or whichever podcasting app you use. Um, we really love what we're doing. We're glad that you guys have led us into your lives to um, hopefully give you some entertainment and you guys like what we're doing. Uh, anyway, until next time, have a great time.